Welcome to Good Mid-Morning. I am your host, Liam Flanagan, a.k.a. DJ Flash Gordon, quarterback, New York Jets, a.k.a. DJ FGQB NYJs. Today is Monday, June 21st, and oh, what a show we have for you. Folks, our text line is open, and the text number is 971-361-9396. Give us a shout, and we'll give you a shout out. Folks, I want to thank all our sponsors. Mike's Tent Emporium. Looking for a tent to start your outdoor living or just go camping? Head on down to Mike's Tent Emporium. We got tents for all your living needs. We also want to thank Mary's Red Wine Spot Remover. If you're like Mary, you're always spilling your red wine. But now you don't have to worry about those stains. Just use Mary's Red Wine Spot Remover. And lastly, we want to thank Robert Brown's Baseball Mitts. Now you two can have a baseball mitt just like the hot new pitcher from MUU. And Bobby signs everyone. All proceeds go to, well, Bobby. Thanks again to those sponsors. If you or your business would like to be an actual sponsor for Good Mid-Morning, you can send me an email. Send it to liam at podland.productions. Fucks, folks, <laughs> folks, that, that was a folks. Uh, it is Monday, and we are so excited to be here on Shady Pines Radio. Uh, Monday, we're now here Monday through Wednesday. Tell your friends what a show we have for you. Joining me today is a journalist, writer, podcaster who's moved to Portland uh, from California, and uh, we're happy to have him here on the show. It's Cameron Richtick. Good morning. Hey there, Liam. How are you? I am well. Uh, it's Rich Tick. I, I did that last time, didn't I? I think so. It's all right. You know, it's funny because I kept thinking it can't be Rich Tick. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those names, like everyone my entire life has messed that up. But then when I tell them, no, it's just the way it looks, Rich Tick. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny because I kept saying Rich Tick. No, don't say Rich Tick because that's not it. <laughs> But now we've said rich take enough that the people know yes. that that's that the way you say it. It should sink in. I'm never going to make that mistake again. <laughs> How are you doing this mid-morning? I am doing well. I had a nice bus ride over here and uh, hoping to get home before it gets too hot today. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. It's already too hot. It feels nice down here. Well, we're in a basement. Yep. You know, that's, what, that's one of the nice <laughs> things about having a studio basement. Uh, a basement studio is, uh, when it gets hot, it is the place to be. So uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you you and uh, your story and uh, yeah. how you how you arrived here in Portland. And, uh, you know. Well, I got here in the fall of uh, 2018. Uh, I was living in uh, Sacramento, California. Mm. I was going the to... The sack. Yeah. Um, and honestly, one of the reasons I moved here was it was just so miserably hot in the sack yeah in the valley in california yeah in the sack yeah. <laughs> no one there calls yeah. it that but it definitely should be called that i'm now. from uh i'm from chico oh all right so uh you know yeah. people from chico call it sack 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everyone goes, if you don't go to hang out in San Francisco, you go to hang out in Chico. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> there's nothing to do in Sacramento. Right. The capital of California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I moved here uh, in the fall of 2018 um, after just some crazy life events. And um, I had always wanted to move here to Portland. I had some friends. And funny enough, I lived in their basement oh, uh, for yeah. about a year out in Forest Grove. Nice. So I crashed in a basement for a while, and, uh, and then I was a Lyft driver here in the city uh, just while I was trying to get back on my feet and um, went and took some courses at Portland Community College and just sort of floating around the city for a little bit until the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, and uh, I actually had just um, moved out of a house that I was sharing with some dudes. I moved out. And was about to sign a lease at a new place. Um, so staying at some friends' places in between. And then the pandemic hit. And the whole new place fell through. And life shut down everywhere. Yeah. You know? So I actually went back home for about two months to um, my parents in Stockton. Um, partly to, you know, not be homeless. And then also partly because my parents weren't. 100% taken everything so seriously yet. Oh. They were um yeah, this is like March, mid-March 20 uh 2020. Right, yeah. And I don't know if you remember the Diamond Princess cruise ship. I do. Yeah. They um <laughs> they were convinced that they were going to get to go on their cruise, which was like starting beginning of April. <laughs> um and at that time the that ship was like sequestered out in sea not allowed to come to oakland or the the trump administration yeah. wasn't letting them like come in because it was going to make the numbers look bad uh and, but, and my parents were like oh okay they'll clean the boat or whatever and yeah. then we'll get on there because they had been on the cruise ship for the first time ever the year before and loved it they loved it yeah they're not partiers they're definitely just two people that sit there and like uh what age range are, the, are they they're in their 50s okay yeah, yeah. and um yeah their birthdays are a day apart from each other. Uh -huh. and they're just the cutest, sweetest couple. Yeah. You know? So it was like really heartbreaking to have to explain to them, you're not going on that cruise. Um, but by the time I actually got there, when I was going with the intention to tell them that, the day I got there was the day that Gavin Newsom, the governor, shut down the state. Yeah. And uh, at that so, point, they've they've got to be like, well, yeah, <laughs> I guess we're not going on that cruise. Yeah, and that's also when um, like my mom works at a church, so she ended up not um, like the, the the church itself became like remote. They were one of the first people to actually like jump into remote uh, remote work and even like remote church. Right. Um, so while I was at, I went to church again for the first time in a few years while I was at my parents' house last year, every Sunday, <laughs> which is cool. Interesting. Yeah. You hadn't been to church in a while and then. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you moved back, so you moved to Portland or you're, no, you're, so you're down near, uh, at your parents' house. Yeah. So this is, uh, again, it's like April and, um, I got this idea, um, to go buy a van because I didn't, I didn't think it was the best decision for me to go and get an apartment somewhere. I didn't know where I wanted to live. Yeah. A lot of people doing the van living. A lot yeah. of people, you know, it's a, it's a, like the one, uh, I, we had you, the comedian Jake 
Silberman was on the show for a couple of weeks and uh, then he got a van and he he just he kept saying, hey, I'm a home homeowner now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I, it, it was it was cool. I found this Pontiac, Montana. So it wasn't like the typical van that you see people, you know, like a cargo van or whatever. Yeah. It's just like a passenger van. <laughs> right. And uh, I took the seats out. I got this thing for like 1500 bucks. I flew up from Sacramento to Portland, um, took a Uber way out to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Had no idea if this thing was going to run or not. I just got dropped off. Had no service either. So if I this didn't work, <laughs> uh, I would have been stuck. Yeah. Um, but I, I bought this van and uh, I had that for the whole summer. It, it, it was running pretty fine um, until I had my catalytic converter stolen in it. Um, nice. And so it was just... It was running. It was just super loud, loud, and the air was dirty. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know any. I'm not a car guy, right? Like at all. So as soon as like that started happening, I drove it. I was like, "What the heck?" And I was driving that for like a month before somebody was like, "Your catalytic converter is gone. You you need to go get that taken care of." <laughs> um, but so I drove that all summer. Um, and my focus became last summer. Um to cover the protests here in Portland after right. George Floyd was killed. Yeah. Things exploded um, quickly. And I happened to be up here on a fluke. Uh, this girl I was seeing, we took a trip up here. Um, so I drove her up here from the Sacramento area and we were visiting here. Uh, and that was Memorial day. Mm. So this is like late May. And uh, I just became so focused um, covering the protest. So I was, I was sleeping out near uh, Lonesdale square and Chapman square out there um, in the van, in the van. Yeah. As you know, people are being tear gassed, right? Yeah. Chased down the street. Um, Wild. So that's where I spent the majority of my, uh, of my reporting last summer. And that's honestly when I really just completely focused on being a journalist. Had you, had you wanted to be a journalist before, uh, before this, like, yeah, kinda. So um, when when you were a kid, did you you walk no. around with a hat that had a little press <laughs> press little thing on it? And no. So my uh, dad's a photographer. Pencil and paper. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dad's a photographer, so I always had a camera too. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of I kind of got into that field on my own in Sacramento when I moved out of my parents' house. So I was a wedding photographer for a while, and I was a church summer camp counselor for a summer and. Um, it was always like a multimedia kind of guy. Right. Um, and I was actually, I wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to be a youth pastor for oh. a while until pretty much, um, like the public consciousness of politics started to like seep into my world. Uh, yeah. Um, so I just started to get a little more educated. Um, I learned about Bernie Sanders and, uh, um, I had an opportunity to take a news writing class to you know fulfill one of my credits at sacramento city college and the teacher i had was was the um the newspaper teacher and at the beginning of her class she just had the spiel for all of her students trying to recruit people for the newspaper um and she just was really great at explaining like how cool it is to be a journalist and how versatile it is and you can really do anything yeah um and so i was like yeah, i'll go check that class out and um, I met some cool people in there, and 
immediately just was given opportunities to go take pictures, to write things, to go interview people. And I'm the type of person, I don't, I don't like to go and take a class and just sit there for a whole semester. Yeah. Just listening to somebody talk. Yeah. It kills me. Um, Me too. Same, bud. And I've, I've struggled with that my entire academic career yeah. ever, ever since kindergarten you know yeah. i can't just sit there and not have something to do with my hands or have like a you know a, a lesson with a you know a practical approach to it right yeah um and so this was just like the perfect class for me um because i didn't have much of a learning curve for really any of the photography or any of the editing or the you know we, we were actually like publishing a newspaper so even like the printing aspect of it um i had experience and all that stuff so it's just kind of like mesh together for me yeah um and the school part of it didn't end up working out for me i'm not the best student in the world i'm at a point now where i have i think one class left to finish my associate's degree yeah and i just you just learn different that's all yeah Yeah. you're not a bad (laughs) student you just learn different yes that's you know i learn different as well uh i didn't do you know uh, you know, once high school hit, I was like, I, I can't stand it. I can't sit here anymore. So, you know, I did the whole graduate early and then my parents forced me to go to college. <laughs> my dad, you know, they didn't force me, but they're like, you got to go. My right. dad really wanted me to go to college because that's what you do. You got to go to college. So I went to film school. Okay. And uh, that was a fucking waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> here you are uh, doing radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it it did get me into loving editing though, so that's uh, that's you know that's basically all I do most of the time, anyways. Edit okay. shit. So um, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then we can come back and find out more about you and uh, your story. Um, cool. Let's uh, yeah, you want to play? Uh, I of course you know you're the guest. I have my guests bring oh, yeah. sa- the their uh, their playlist. So what's the first track on your playlist the today? First track on my playlist is called "I Want Wind to Blow." by the microphones uh this song i listened to like all the time when i first moved here Sweet. which is really great awesome all right you're listening to good mid-morning right here on shady pines radio this is i want i want wind to blow by the microphones The smell of bars, the awful feeling of a light. 
Listening to Good Mid Morning right here on Shady Pines Radio. Folks, how are you doing? Uh, we're hanging out here with Cameron Rich Tick, uh, and uh, that was the microphones doing I Want Wind to Blow. That's a good track. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, uh, they're really great. Um, 
group. I don't think they're still together, but um, yeah, I found them when I first moved here and it was just like kind of trying to find new music and get rid of the old music in my life. And uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a banger, as they say, <laughs> as the kids say. Um, so you want to talk um, uh, a little bit about uh, you've got a you're starting to make a podcast. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just started uh, production on this with you. Mm. <laughs> with me? Yeah. Oh. With Liam at uh, Podland Productions. And um, so this podcast is about um, some of the situations that actually predicated my move here to Portland. Uh -huh. um, so in 2018, my identity was stolen by yeah. somebody. Yeah. Uh, somebody I knew, somebody who hired me. And um, they just completely like left me in a financial hole. And so I spent the uh, last three years or two and a half years since I moved here. Um, and since I found out that he stole my identity, tracking him down until just this last month and a half or so, um, when I actually found him and found out he had a bunch of warrants here in Oregon. So I lured him out of hiding and got him arrested. Whoa. Yeah. You got all like detective-y and... Yeah. Like... like yes. Very tunnel vision. Very... Uh, nothing is going to stop me from getting this person. Yeah. <laughs> you set up a sting and everything? Yeah. Um, first, I found him uh, online because you know, people who engage in this kind of identity theft stuff, you know, people in this world, they have all sorts of like shell companies or LLCs that they open up yeah, so that they can like have money and open bank accounts easily and all that. And I was able to find him by searching through the secretary of state's depositories of um, data and business registrations. Of course, as anybody would. <laughs> uh, so I found him um, under one of his uh, company names in Colorado. He had opened up a, uh, you know, like a, private uh, P.O. box and use, and he was using that as his address. He was um, somehow renting in like a $2,400 a month apartment again. In his name or? In, in his name. So huh. this is this is the, 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 the details about my identity theft that he did. Um, back in Sacramento, when he hired me, he took the information um, and actually rented an apartment in my name so like when you when you when he hired you he hired you and you had to fill out a thing yeah with your name your social security number all that stuff yeah you, whenever you, you know, go to a job you fill right. out an i9 and a w4 and he took that information and then ran with it yeah not 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 just that he didn't even send the information the i9 uh or the w4 to the irs he just that was literally just uh you know, a form for me to fill out for him to get my information. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He hired me that summer to, yeah. to, um, help manage and run the, the back end and the digital elements of his cannabis delivery service, which I then found out later wasn't even a legitimate business. It was, it was just, he had access to a bunch of weed and he wanted somebody to help him manage a potential marketing like company around cannabis. 
Did you get free weed out of it? A lot of free oh, weed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which oh. is kind of like why I stuck around. Yeah. You know, because I didn't really get paid much money. I got paid a little bit when, yeah. you know, a couple different things, a couple different times. But uh, mostly it would be, you know, he's got a bunch of weed. He needed pictures of it. Yeah. So he'd give me some. I'd take pictures of it, and then the rest would be mine. And it's kind of how that worked out. Hmm. Um, and then also he stole your identity. Oh, yeah. And also he stole my identity. <laughs> and the way I found that out um, was after I moved to Oregon. Um, you should know one of the other reasons I, I moved in the first place. I got dumped, like dumped hardcore. Oh man. Like, I really liked this girl. We were living together and all this stuff. Um, and it just didn't work out, but I was in a rough spot. Yeah. Um, so that was like beginning of September. Uh, so I get here in Oregon and I was, I had told this guy that I was going to quit working for him. And he was like, no, we can do everything remote. Like, you can go up there. You'll be fine. We'll figure it out. I'll come to Oregon or whatever. Um, then I start to, like, slowly stop hearing from him more and more. Or I stop hearing from him less and less, yeah. I guess is the way I should say that. Um, and then all of a sudden, one day in November, my cell phone just, just is not connecting to service. Which is weird because, you know, my cell phone, like I was a Lyft driver. I had a job where I managed a um, foster care home for adults with disabilities. Um, so I, you know, it was a huge priority to, for me to pay my phone bill. Yeah, yeah. Like, So you're paying it on time. Early. Early, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like always paid up in yeah. my Verizon account. And uh, so I was like, what the heck's going on? So I log in. And there's a bill, an overdue balance of like $5,500. Yeah. That's too much. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's just like a mistake. You know, you hear about people who like, I just saw something online, something on Reddit the other day where somebody logged into their bank account and they were like negative $50 billion. Oh, that's but, overspending. Yeah. And it was like their Chase account. And yeah. like Chase at first was like, well, like whatever teller they got on the phone was like, yeah, it says negative $50 billion. Yeah. That makes sense. How would you like to pay that balance? You know, (laughs) it's basically like how Verizon treated me too. And like, Uh. they were just like, oh, it's just a mistake or whatever at first. And then they realized when I like called in that there were a bunch of iPads and iPhones, you know, tablets and stuff added to my account. And then I dug a little deeper and I found in um, this guy, Corey is his name, the guy who stole my identity. Um, He actually had added himself as an administrator to my Verizon account and so, was able to do all this. It's so like maniacal and, and, and like it's, but it's also so, like, there's a part of me that's like, God damn, that's smart. Like it's, <laughs> it would be funny if it, if it didn't like ruin my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's funny now. Yeah. You know, uh, and there's other elements of the story that kind of make it not so funny. Um, listen to the podcast and you'll, You'll find out some of those details. But yeah, um, yeah this really was like an all-consuming thing in my life just to deal with it at first, just the fallout from it. Um, you know, taking care of the Verizon, getting a new phone, figuring out what's going on with my credit, putting freezes on my credit, understanding what my credit is. Yeah. I had no concept of any of this stuff. My, money's scary to me, so... I didn't want to ever deal with this kind of stuff before. And had you had you found out about the apartment yet or no? Oh. Um so the way I found out about that is 
so I actually went to a bankruptcy attorney at the time because there were some other things on my credit. And just with this, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's just simpler to pay a bankruptcy attorney and we'll just get rid of everything. Like I just won't yeah. even deal with paying this back or like trying to get it taken on. I'll just, just file I'll for just bankruptcy. Take the seven year, like terrible life and yeah. Deal with it after that. You know, you know, you can't get much worse, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but when you do that, you gotta, you gotta pull your credit. Uh, so I just like did a basic like credit check and like print it all out. And, um, when I was going through it, I noticed that, um, the address where this guy lived. Cause I knew where he lived in Sacramento. I would like go and work at his apartment and yeah. stuff. It was, a re- it, was, it was really nice. He has a, he has a knack for finding really nice spaces to live. I'll give him that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you, so you, you see, you're going through the records and, uh, Oh yeah. You, you so see- I see, uh, the address on there and I'm like, Oh shit, there's no way. Like he added me on there. Like, how is that? How would that even be possible? And then it all just started to sort of click together. Um, and I saw on my, in addition to the Verizon that was showing up on my credit, there was also a Comcast bill. Oh Jesus! And I didn't. Yeah. I, you know, I the 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 girl I lived, the girlfriend I had that I had lived with, she owned her house. You know, so she had her own bills right, yeah, and everything. Yeah. You know, and so there weren't there was nothing in my name at all for over a year. And so it just all sort of started connecting. And that's when I decided, no, I'm not just going to let this go under the rug. He burned me too hard. Yeah. And that's when I just, my eyes were red. Yeah. And I had to chase this story. I mean, you, you, you'd have to like what, I mean, sh- sure. The Verizon thing, you know, they, they probably, they didn't make you pay for it. Right. You didn't have to. Uh, oh, though they, they sent me to collections. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, well, it's still geez. on there. <laughs> Uh, I have a lawyer that has sent them a letter, so oh, they have man. a certain amount of time to take it off of there before yeah. I get to sue them. But, um, um, but the apartment thing—I mean, that would just rub me the wrong. Oh, like yeah. an apartment that you that he invited you to, or you would do work for him at. You're, it's a really nice apartment. And you're probably jealous of the apartment. Like, man, I this, was. this guy lives in a really nice place. I wish I could afford a place like he, this. He had this like <laughs> rooftop patio. That was like lined with brick and had like a oh. iron gate around it that separated his rooftop terrace from the uh, community rooftop party area oh that had God. like beautiful couches. It's just, I will never be able to live in a place like that. I just, I will never be able to afford that. Yeah. Like I'll maybe I'll own a house someday, but I'll have to devote so much to that, that just dreaming of that is just something I won't let myself do. Oh man, <laughs> that's rough. That's rough. Uh, let's take another uh, music break, and then we'll come back and hear a little more uh, about this story. And uh, maybe we'll we'll hear a little teaser of of. Well, maybe we'll hear, hear a little teaser. Sounds good. Uh, I'm teasing the teaser. What's the next track that you want to uh, play today? This is um, called "Bodies" by Car Seat Headrest. Um, it's also it's just another really great track. But if you listen. If you like ever make your own playlist with the last track from the microphones and this one, they just they flow so good together. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. All right. This is Bodies from Car Seat Headrest. You're listening to Good Mid Morning right here on Shady Pines Radio. Oh, I know what happened. 
And when I need high quality stickers for cheap and quick, I go to StickerNinja.com. From classic bumper stickers to sticker business cards, they got what you need to promote your band or business. These full color, waterproof, UV resistant stickers are tough enough to last through the band's breakup to the reunion tour with free domestic shipping. And right now, you can use the code SPR10 and get 10% off your order. Go to StickerNinja.com and support your locals today. You're listening to ShadyPinesRadio.com. Here's the lineup for Monday. At 9 a.m., it's Good Mid-Morning with DJ Flash Gordon, quarterback New York Jets. A Case of the Mondays with General Electric at 10 a.m. At 11 a.m., Outlaws and Rebels with Outlaw. Mood Swings with Moonlit Brit at noon. At 1 p.m., WCRB-FM with Carlos the Rollerblader. At 2 p.m., Forget-Me-Nots with Kayla Smith. From 3 to 5, Radiocracy with Steve and Nico. At 5 p.m., Queer Ear with Ariel Chamberlain. Rolling with the Fog from 6 till 8 p.m. with Greg Fogg. 8 to 10 p.m., Sub Rosa Sound Radio with Ariel Wang. And at 10 p.m., it's Light as a Feather with Renan Davidson. No matter the day or time, you've picked the right time to listen in. Thanks for listening, and tell others. Shady Pines Radio. You're listening to Good Mid-Morning right here on Shady Pines Radio. Folks, don't forget to follow, subscribe, comment, and review. You can find archives of the show uh, at podland.productions. We're also uh, wherever you find podcasts, so subscribe, give us a comment. You can follow us on Instagram at good underscore mid underscore morning, and you can follow me at DJFGQBNYJs. Please follow Shady Pines Radio at Shady Pines Radio and Podland Productions at podland.productions. Hanging out with Cameron Richtick, talking about uh, the, his crazy story, his life, and uh, you know somebody stealing his identity. And uh, and pronouncing my name right. And you got it. And I got it. I did it. <laughs> Rich Tick. It's the <laughs> just now. Now I'm just gonna imagine like a tick with a gold chain. And that's <laughs> <what I'm> like. <laughs> just like just like bags of blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rich in blood. I like it. Yes. <laughs> I got. You can imagine. I got made fun of a little bit. Yeah. For my name probably. And it didn't. Hit, you know, so it, it didn't hit me till later that you know, yeah, a rich. You know what? So what? What a kid might say is actually probably 
Yeah, I should have been proud of that nickname. Yeah. <laughs> you can say dick. Okay, cool. I yeah. just I didn't I didn't know. No, you can swear on the show. I don't know yeah. if my parents are listening though. Oh, okay. They're well, definitely then, not. Oh, okay. No <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but Rich Dick was my Rich name. Dick. Rich Dick was What's my up, name. What's up, Rich Dick? Like that? Yeah. Did you that. get a lot of that? A lot. <laughs> What's up, Rich Dick? <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh man. Guys, stop it. I'm not a rich dick. <laughs> Uh, and, and you're still not. Nope. You're still not a rich dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, your identity got stolen. <laughs> yes. My identity got stolen. Um, you found the guy. Found you know who guy. it is. Yeah. Um, and I... He's in jail. Yeah. For doing something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he actually... Um, in 2019, he found his way up here to the Portland area. Yeah. I don't know if he was like chasing me or whatever, uh, or like you know following me so he can use my identity in the same place I was living or whatever. You know, and it's funny because earlier uh, I said you know he's he's you know he's a little smart, but then I was thinking about it as you're telling the story, and then I was like realizing you're stealing the identity of somebody that you know that yeah. you are keeping around. Like actually, this is really stupid. Yeah, and and. <laughs> The other part that makes this stupid, and this is just like my own anecdotal thoughts about this. I'm a very, um, I'm very intense. I'm very serious about whatever I'm doing, any yeah. work that I'm in. Um, but I'm I'm a very uh, chase the truth type of person. That's right. always been something inside of me. So that's, I think that's why journalism works for me. Um, but it's surprising to me that this guy who knew me and knew about some other uh, like business issues I had with some associates yeah. years before this. This is how I knew this guy. Um, and he w- he was tangentially a part of all that. And I kind of ruined these other people yeah, just by my tenacity. Right. Um, and by just being truthful and by just being you know, very serious. And so it's, it's, it was astonishing to me when, when it all finally landed on me that he, he's had the audacity to do this, you know? Yeah. It's like picking a fight with a guy you just watched. You just watch a guy beat another guy. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm going to pick a fight with this guy. Yeah, It's like picking a fight. I don't want to like my, I don't want to make my ego too big. Like I'm some awesome investigative journalist or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, that's a really good analogy, like fighting Mike Tyson after he just bites a guy's <laughs> ear off. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I will try that on me, Mike. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's like, why would you do this to somebody who, like, the reason he hired me was because I'm really, really great with digital uh, file asset management. I'm really great at finding information online. I'm great at research. Um, I'm detail oriented when it comes to that kind of stuff so it's like if i'm if you're gonna put me in a position where i have to find you and have to hold you accountable for something or it's my financial you know consequences yeah like what do you think's gonna happen yeah so you're right this guy is he's a smart idiot yeah sounds like a criminal (laughs) (laughs) and that's why like i like I've put myself in his shoes and I'm like, okay, well, if like if I wanted to steal someone's identity, you know, cause I was like sort of role playing when I was trying to find him and 
even just trying to think in hypothetical situations, you're just like, no, I can't do that. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't, I can't make a copy of somebody's social security card. Like, yeah, like, that's awful. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. There's just so many elements of this that I still don't understand how, it, how another human being can do this to someone else. Right. Yeah. So crazy. So he's in, uh, so he's in jail now. Yes. Yeah, so he, he actually just changed his plea. He did. Yeah. So he was, he had uh, initially pled not guilty at his arraignment. Um, and he cut a deal with the prosecutor, I guess this last week. And, um, so on Thursday he had a, um, he had a hearing and I went to that. He had nine class C felonies. And they, the district attorney, for whatever reason, um, dropped five of them. Four of them um, are, you know, are still there. And he got probation for all of them. And he got a downward dispositional departure for... Uh, Is that a, a yoga move? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Um, basically, it means time served. Okay. So um, he got sentenced to 40 days in jail and he has already served like 50. Oh man. So he got time served. So he was released, but because he has warrants in Clackamas and Marion County and El Dorado County in California, um, they released him after his sentencing when he pled guilty. Um, but then they, they, they're holding him still. Okay. And they're waiting for one of these other counties to decide, you know, are you going to spend the money to transport him to your court? Um, so there's a certain amount could of time. Could you give him a ride? I could. <laughs> I would definitely be willing to do it. Uh, I don't have a car, but I would. Yeah. Go, I'd go buy one for that. Um, but he likely wouldn't let me do that. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel? Do Do you have any fear that uh, you know maybe he's he's going to get out and and seek yeah. revenge on you? Oh, a uh, uh, revenge. Um, or, or do you think he's if he gets out, he's just going to keep doing what he's doing to other people? That's my main concern, right? Um, obviously, I you know that's definitely a possibility and something I'm wary of of him doing to me. Um, but I am I've been proactive to where there's not really much he can do to me besides like actually physically coming and attacking me, right? Um, so what I've done like any of my public journalism stuff um it's all under my own company so i've started a company little world stories um and all of that all the public information in the uh in the secretary of state business registry which is the same place where i found him all that has like is a p.o box for my mailing address and my co-working office for my physical business location so it doesn't have my home address it doesn't have like my physical phone number right um, so I'm protected in that way. Um, but the, uh, like you said, the, the main thing I'm concerned about is him doing this to other people. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely fear there. Perfect. I do not want this guy to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody does. No. Nobody does. Um, let's, uh, you, you want to, you want to check out the, you want to play the teaser? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's play the teaser for, um, little, little world stories podcast is is the name i'm putting um yeah? i'm putting a the on the beginning the, of it the little world yeah. stories podcast there you go yeah that works yeah i like it that way you know it's not 
it, it's a podcast and these are just some episodes right you know yeah, yeah. all right let's check out this teaser <laughs> I got the guy's phone number that stole my identity. Oh. Uh, He's emailing me right now thinking I'm a customer. Oh, yeah. So, I might set up like a call or something. Okay. And then I might, we might make a podcast out of it. Like a whole thing. <laughs> this is the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office tip line mailbox. Could have reached Deputy District Attorney Kevin Deemer. Hi, um, I have sort of a weird situation and a weird story. For non-emergencies requiring a law enforcement response or to file a police report, press one. He stole my identity years ago. Okay. Um. Well, the best I can do for you is get us to or get you to our non-emergency line. Your call is being answered by Audit. Kyle Iboshi. Is not available to leave a message. Wait for the tone. Hi, Cameron. It's uh, Dan Token with Coin TV. I'm calling you back about uh, the guy who stole your identity and trying to Again, my name is Cameron. I'm an independent journalist up in uh, Portland, Oregon, and um, I'd love to speak to you. Jeez, man, this man must be hurting. Oh. Introducing the Little World Stories podcast, launching July 2021 on podland.productions or anywhere you subscribe to podcasts. Ooh. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, woo, you know, I'm teased. Yeah? I, yeah, yeah, I'm totally teased. Well, you can't really be teased because you kind of, you're I, making it. I I know I, under, <laughs> I understand that, but this is radio, and what we're trying to oh, do yeah. is, uh, you know, paint a picture. Make you know, I'm I'm playing a part yeah. here, bud. Sorry. I'm in. I'm the interviewer, and I'm trying to get people intrigued. I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> do you forgive me, Liam? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yes, that sounds good. It sounds, and there's even more to the story. Yeah. There's there's a, there's a lot more. Um. It it just kind of grew. To a point where it was too much for me to handle alone if I was to actually like edit it and produce it myself. Um, so that's why I sought you out and I found you. Because uh, I really want to focus on the reporting of this. I want to be able to go to court if he's shown up to court. I want to be able to tail him 24-7 if he does get released. I wanna, yeah. um, I'm in contact with some of his other victims, other people in his life that um, family members of his, ex-girlfriends of his, all... Once I told them the story, things started to click for them too. Right. And more information starts coming out from there. And it's still developing. Um, some of the things that he's involved in, um, there's still open investigations going on, things that I don't, I still can't even, I don't want to talk about right now yeah. and reveal, you know, open investigations and stuff. But um, if, if law enforcement does their job, this guy will go away for a very long time. And one of the parts of the story, though, is uh, because I, uh, the way you just said that, um, if law enforcement does their job, one of the parts of the story is your your frustration with the system and and how hard it was to to get the cops to even do anything. Yeah, um, I found him and 
started communication with him at the beginning of April of this year. I found him online and I started emailing him and I posed as um, uh, somebody named Andrew, um, who is a high level, uh, who's a, who I said was a high level cannabis manager in like some huge cannabis company. Yeah. Right. Um, so I made a Proton Mail account and started emailing him and we were just going back and forth um, until we set up a meeting. Basically, I, I told him like, hey, like we need some help with some marketing, with some different things. Um, we'd really like to set up a meeting with you. Where can we meet? Um, my f- first idea was to go to Colorado, but he has warrants in Oregon. So, how, you know, my there's literally nothing I could do in Colorado. Yeah, so yeah. I had to get him here. Um, and it actually turned out that uh, he came to Portland pretty regularly. He has some family in in Oregon. So even though he had warrants, he was making the trip back here regularly. Right. And he happened to be coming um, at the end of April. So we set up just a, just a lunch at uh, a brewery up in the St. John's area. And uh, he, um, I knew what time he was going to be. I knew what day, what time like he was going to be there. Yeah. You set it all up. Yeah. It was. And so I, I was calling the, uh, the non-emergency lines and the district attorneys in Washington County and Clackamas counties. And I was also calling um, the non-emergency lines, sorry. I was calling the non-emergency lines in Portland, in Multnomah County, um, because I didn't know where was gonna be the best place for the police to actually pick this guy up. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, and I also needed to find the best place to not rise suspicion from him because you know, he probably doesn't want to go to Clackamas or Washington counties and, you know, right. he's be looking over his back because he's got warrants in those counties. Um, so I was calling them for weeks trying to get them to just say like, hey, like even before we had a time or date set up, I was asking them, can you tell me? Because he's asking me when yeah, and where. Yeah. So I can tell him where to go. Yeah, I can basically set this up. Uh Give it, give him to you on a silver platter. Yeah. How, how, where do you want him? Where do you want it? And they'd be like, all right, well, someone will call you back. Yeah. Or I'd leave messages. Um, the only real call back I got from um, any, any of the prosecutor's offices was Washington County public information officers. Name's Stephen Mayer. Um, I spoke to him on the phone and I spoke to him last week. Um, that's really the only communication I've had directly about my story. Yeah. Um, Anytime I like try and talk to the arresting officer that arrested him for stealing a car, that's what his charges is for us for stealing a car and for identity theft charges here in Oregon. And so the officer that actually um, arrested him for the stolen car, I talked to him briefly once and he just flat out told me, I don't talk to journalists. I'm not going to tell you anything. Oh, and I was like, well, okay. You know, I understand that, you know, that's fine. I just, I need more information because I don't know. I didn't know at the time of, if the identity he stole was mine. Oh. That wasn't public oh, information Oh, yet. okay. I see. So I was trying to determine if I was a victim. Right. And that wasn't even something that they were willing to tell me. Just because you were a journalist? Or? Well, I wasn't. The When I first started this, I was not approaching this as a journalist. Right. You were just trying to. I was not telling a story. I was not recording audio. I was literally just trying to get this guy arrested. Right. Um, and 
what started me to want to tell the story um, this way was the pushback. Not not even pushback, just flat out not doing anything about the silver platter in front of their face. Yeah. And I even got, I think in the teaser, it um, one of the audios that, that plays is the precinct captain for the North Portland chapter or for the North Portland police precinct. And I got him on the phone. I just like, I got sick of calling the non-emergency lines and being told, you know, there's nothing we can do right now because yeah. he's not here. What do you want us to do? So I called him and he was like, well, uh, the best I can do is put you on hold with non-emergency. Yeah. Even though I just told him, I just got off the phone with non-emergency. Eventually, they ended up making me a case. All right. And this is what was even more frustrating. They made me a, a case number for this incident. And then they um, told me to call 911 when, when you know he's there. <laughs> so he shows up. I call 911. And they're like, oh, we got a traffic thing. It's, we're too busy. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this, so the story has so many different levels and, and layers. Like, yeah. it's not just a story about you getting your identity, identity theft. It's not just a story about this Corey guy. I mean, there's, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So, uh, you're hoping to have this out in July. Yeah. Hoping to launch the, the first episode of this in July. Um, because it is ongoing, there's still things with the case that we're still trying to figure out. Um, and yeah, so, uh, I'm hoping by the end of July, we'll have the first episode out. Nice. That's, uh, yeah, that sounds good. So folks look out for that. That's going to be coming out on podland.productions, uh, in July. So that's going to be awesome. We'll probably, you know, talk about it more. We'll have Cameron back on the show to, uh, you know, talk a little bit more about it. Um, you did want to talk about a quick news story, though, and we've got about a minute and a half. So, oh, yeah the um, the evictions uh, the eviction moratorium that is ending on June thirtieth. I just want to real quickly talk about what people in the Portland and Oregon uh, area should know. The state legislature is adding an amendment called the Safe Harbor Amendment. Uh, I think is what it's called, where they're not extending the moratorium. What they're doing is anybody. After the moratorium ends, anybody who has already applied for rental assistance will then be their their moratorium is extended if this passes. So the the legislature is working on that, but that's really um, the what people should. Know so it's about not that. it's really probably not going to help a lot of people. Not really, right? And it's important to get the word out about this because. People need to apply for this help. It's there. Yeah. The federal government has given Oregon the money. Um, so if if you need help with rent, um, one, you can call 211 or, um, or go to 211info.com, I think is what it is. Um, and you can, you can kind of ask the operators for help with that. Or if you are recipient of unemployment insurance, uh, they will send you an email. All right. Uh, Cameron Richtick, thank you for being on the show. And uh, we'll 